millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand. I'm your host, Meredith Feynman, here to give you all the tips and tricks, ins and outs of the resale and secondhand world. I'm in Washington, D.C., and I'm joined by my sunny counterpart, Sarah Lane from Los Angeles, California. What up, Sarah? Hey, Mare. Uh, I need some new clothes, and I cannot wait to hear more about how I can do it. Yeah, I mean, this is the second part of How to Sell, Sell 101. Um, we talked a lot about the, you know, the basics. I told some stories about ruining several pairs of shoes because they were too small. Pro tip, just don't buy shoes that don't fit you. I don't care how cute they are. Um, And we're going to get into a little bit more about selling stuff, particularly online, which is, you know, exploding. Part of the reason why I started It Never Gets Old was the explosion of sites like The Real Real. Tradesy, Poshmark, Grailed. I'm going to get into my experiences and what you should think about if you're considering selling your stuff online or offline. So in the last episode, we talked about the fact that I bought my first pair of pants on Poshmark. I was very excited. They were... To me, I mean, they weren't free, but they were so much less than what I would buy in the store, and I couldn't see any discernible difference. I, you know, I had to kind of kick myself that that this hadn't ha- happened sooner. However, being a seller is a different experience altogether. It's totally tough. We went over sort of how to even think about going about selling things in this world. Buying is one thing. Selling is a lot harder than buying. Um, once you get into a groove and once you figure out which site works for you or which store works for you, it can be really great. But getting there is definitely tough. The first couple times you sell things, it is a total learning curve and learning experience. And so I want to break some of it down because I've sold on nearly every platform to every store possible you know, IRL, online, and it can be a a difficult experience. So first things first, in talking about selling online and offline, one big question to ask yourself is, do you want to be a salesperson? I mean, that's the whole allure. Poshmark, you get 80% of 
the sale price. That is huge. It used to be even higher and then all the like really power sellers, some of whom I'm dying to talk to, people who make their whole living on Poshmark, I'm fascinated by it, um, you know, got up in arms because they, they did increase uh, their, their cut a bit. But, you know, when you go to a consignment store, it's 50-50. That is a huge difference, particularly if it's a very high value item. For me, when I'm selling a designer handbag, I almost exclusively do it online because you get more money. But selling Chanel online yourself, oh my God, the questions, the measurements, the pictures, the flip-flopping, the bidding, the asking for me to take it to a Chanel store, the asking me to have it professionally cleaned, like I want 16 more angles, can you take a selfie with it, can you take a picture with it on, can you take a picture with it off, can you flip it inside out, I mean it's it's a whole thing and you have to commit some time to it. So um, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more. But one thing I want to reiterate, and Sarah was talking about this too, I'm a somewhat of a label whore, but you don't have to be to be interested in this world. As I said in part one, the highest end stuff is not the stuff that sells the best. It's J. Crew, it's Lululemon, it's Gap, it's Ann Taylor. It is you know regular contemporary stuff that every woman is wearing, and so that sells really quickly. I remember recently selling a lot of my Lululemon, which some people are like, nah, I don't know, wow, workout clothes. It it flew not off the shelves, but like, you know, out of my living room because people really want it. And athleisure is a form of luxury in and of itself, and it's expensive. It's really expensive. I mean, I shop some different brands of athleisure and and I shop them on secondhand sites or in in stores. I mean, currently I'm wearing a pair of Lululemon joggers, but I don't think I've ever bought anything from the store itself. So know that going into it, you know, actually the less designer you have, probably the, the faster this stuff is going going to sell. I mean, I'm, I'm in a coastal bubble and what women want by region is, you know, totally varies. And, you know, before we go any further, I know that, Mayor, you live in D.C., I live in L.A. We're on coasts, opposite coasts. But what does the coastal bubble mean? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I guess when I say those bubbles of certain designer, you know, Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, Boston, Washington, certain amounts of wealth, certain amounts of having places to wear, fancy things, um, I would say major urban areas have very different desires uh, when it comes to what you want to buy and what you want to sell. Uh, it's funny. I was in like leave it to me to like go to a go to Colorado and buy the one fucking Chanel bag in Colorado. <laughs> um, but I went to visit my aunt and uncle who live in Breckenridge, which is a ski town. And, um, you know, it's a huge mixture of people, but these are all like really outdoorsy. You know, my version of being outdoors is drinking on a patio. But like after a week there, I was like, oh, I want some spider gear. Like I want some like maybe I need like snow pants, um, which is ridiculous. But you know, if you go to a place like that, all of the sports brands and sportswear brands, which I will totally bungle, like actually sell the best. People want fleeces. People want snowsuits. Like, you know, Montclair and and Canada Goose will always sell really well. Uh, at least right now, they're retaining super high value. But, you know, people want stuff that they can ski in, they can snowboard in, they can hike in. And 
as I said, I found the the one Chanel bag in all of Colorado to buy. I was like, oh my god, you got to be kidding me! Thought I was well, just gonna. Well, but but okay. Mm. So to expand on that, sure, there's not a lot of Chanel in Breckenridge. Fine, but how do you, if you live in you know in a non-coastal city, um, but certainly a thriving city with a bunch of people who want to buy and sell clothes potentially? How do you get them on board with this? You know, there are stores around you where you can sell things. But first of all, I'm I'm very much of the of the idea that you should wear what makes you feel good and what makes you feel powerful. So I when I do some of the other parts of my job, which is teaching women to brag and doing PR stuff and prepping people and visibility and voice and media training, people also want my styling suggestions and I'm sort of like wear what makes you feel good wear what makes you feel like you and makes you feel powerful so no matter where you're living if you want to wear you know whatever you want at all times I think it's an awesome form of self-expression so much so that you know I'm, I'm doing a podcast around a lot of these themes but sometimes the stores around you don't have the things you want or you can't sell to to them because they won't buy stuff that necessarily you wear so that's that's what takes a lot of people online and that's what makes it so easy as you can sell from your living room to any anyone. A great example of this is friend of the podcast Abby McLucas who runs Gift of Garb. She has two physical stores, but she is an original eBay power seller. I mean, she has been selling on eBay since like 2003 and she won't deviate from eBay because she has such an international fan base. She sells to people all over the world. You have an unlimited number of potential customers, then the game changes. And uh, it actually gets a lot easier because the truth is, you know, I love the internet, spend a lot of time on the internet, you know, look at a lot of memes on the internet, but there is always someone out there for whatever it is you're selling. And that could be clothes or something else. But, you know, it's a, it's a wide web of people that, that you can sell to. I watch brands like people watch the stock market. I know what's holding value right now and what isn't, and I watch it every single day. Um, I'm going to throw out some brands that just hold crazy value for selling that you will get a lot of money for. Golden Goose Sneakers. Those ones that look like they've been run over by a truck. I have a lot of pairs. I don't know why. They do have a little hidden heel in them, which makes me feel cool, but basically I'm buying dirty sneakers for an expensive price. I don't know. Marketing works. Um, they hold insane, insane value, though it's dipping slightly. Acne. Anything acne. Scandinavian brand. Um, and it's something that this minimalistic, you know, the new Paris is Copenhagen. This, this minimalism um, and brands that are big in Asia, acne is one of them, uh, will hold tremendous value. I have heard acne jeans are the best jeans. But the name is Acne. I mean, it's... Actually, I looked into this. Why is it called Acne? And Sarah, you will greatly appreciate this. It was originally an acronym for Associated Computer Nerd Enterprises, but was later changed to Ambition to Create Novel Expressions. So that's where you get Acne from. It's not Zits. It's an acronym. 
redone if you don't know took the vintage levi's trend that has been happening over the past two years and decided to make it a little bit easier for people which was that you know this this mom jeans boot cut not boot cut straight leg vintage denim look got really hot i would say probably starting like three two three years ago uh, and redone took a lot of the overwhelmingness of trying to buy vintage jeans which is difficult they all fit really small. They fit incredibly particular. Every pair is different and decided to source them themselves, alter them themselves. So you could actually say, I want, you know, a size 29 uh, and help you buy that. And they're incredibly expensive. Those are the ones I like to buy most secondhand, whether it's marketing or just that I love vintage Levi's. I have this insane pair of vintage Levi's that I bought in Paris that I refuse to part with. My poor tailor, I always bring her all like I'm I'm queen of the power pantaloon, like dresses and skirts aren't really my thing, but like get me like a, a power pant and I am so happy. So I have her always altering a million pairs of pants, but I brought back these vintage Levi's that I got in a vintage store in Paris uh, behind the Pompidou and like it's like five. There's no denim is difficult to take out. Everything is it's way harder to take something out than it is to take it in, but it's like five inches. It's like not. Uh, safe for work when I put them on and it's just never going to happen so I, I refuse to get rid of them but you know redone is a really interesting example for me for denim I love mother uh, denim brands come and go a lot so so redone holds insane value you know anything that's incredibly popular at the current moment that you watch things like that then obviously typical luxury Balenciaga Gucci when Gucci you know went nuts with the slippers the fur slippers this current creative director and all the snakes and all the lions and all of the like chazerai on everything because Yiddish is the only thing that can serve me in this in this current moment everyone went nuts for it I think Balenciaga is next and on the up so that holds crazy value one thing that doesn't uh, is high-end stuff that isn't popular designer brands right now. So I had someone ask me about selling a very, very expensive, very beautiful Armani handbag. I mean, this is like a $3,000 handbag. And if it's not a hot brand right now, people are really into, you know, logo mania again. Um, then, you know, watching that sort of stuff and deciding if it's going to come and go and when you want to sell it. You know, Chanel always holds crazy value, as is Hermes. There'll be a later episode on why. I really wanted to figure out why and what it was about these brands. But I mean, Armani is a is a, a legacy brand. Why does the Armani bag not hold the same value as the Chanel bag? Well, I think that, I mean, that was one thing I really wanted to find out. Like, is the craftsmanship really different? Is it just all of the marketing and legacy? Is it just... Because it's Chanel and that's a certain fashion house that has always been regarded in a certain way. Some of this is just what people like. I'm trying to think of other brands like an Armani that don't hold up, like a Missoni, like that they hold up some, but if they're not hot in the moment, the 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 price just drops. And in that case, you have to decide if it's something you want to keep and have this for a longer period of time, or if you just want to get rid of it and not necessarily get get what's due but you know as classic every woman splurges as i said from j crew to lululemon to pink by victoria's secret and lots of bright colored sweatpants those are things that people all over the country younger women people that aren't women might want and so thinking about getting online and starting to sell uh is is worth the work so i'm gonna help you with the work 
know, when we talk about pink, um, which I, I've seen all of the sweatpants, Hollister, that's another brand, right? Where it's fine. What The first time I saw somebody wearing a Hollister sweatshirt, I was like, Hollister, California? That's very specific. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a brand, which it is. And it's a very popular one. But it's a discount brand. But they remain popular. I mean, oh, God. They do. Abercrombie yeah. For and whatever Fitch. reason, it's very, it's trendy. Yeah. And, and Abercrombie and Fitch, like, I can smell the store in my mind. And, like, the teeny, 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 tiny skirts I used to wear. And those those boys with the abs and oof. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Abercrombie and Hollister remain incredibly popular, particularly internationally. Whenever I'm in Paris, the on the Champs-Élysées, they have all the fancy stores, and Abercrombie has like a gold wrought iron gate, like gardens into the entrance. I mean, it is the it is the chicest of the chic, and it's very interesting. Abercrombie recently is shuttering a lot of its American stores, but it continues to do better internationally and some of these online sites are you know international buyers for whom something like that is a piece of desired trendy luxury so let's talk about selling online i've been selling my clothes on the internet for a long time you know i was never uh, a big ebay person i found it overwhelming one thing that's great about these sites is that you don't have to build up a reputation. That's what always freaked me out about eBay is you're not going to buy something on eBay unless a person has, you know, hundreds of five-star reviews and, uh, you know, positive store. Uh, that's something that, you know, as I've said, Abby McLucas of Gift of Garb has done really well. She has 3,500 items on eBay. She's been a power seller internationally for an incredibly long time, but you have to build that reputation. And that's something you don't have to do anymore. So let's get into all of the sites and where they even came from. I remember hearing about the Real Real God first when it launched. Um, and it has become sort of the industry leader in high end, primarily designer consignment, so much so that they've done the reverse thing, which is that they've gone from online to also brick and mortar. I went to one of their stores in New York. I've been to their stores in Los Angeles, where it just feels like a regular boutique. And for people that, might not know as much about consignment shopping. It feels accessible. It's their creme de la creme stock. Everything is brand new, basically in the box. Um, and sometimes if you look on the Real Real's website, it'll show you what's in the stores. But selling on the Real Real is the lowest touch online experience you can have, which is to say that you don't, you aren't the salesperson. Um, and it's the only one where that's the case, which is one reason why it's so popular and they can't stop raising money. And it's incredibly trusted. I mean, when people get into this world and they want to buy a high ticket item or just a regular ticket item, I will send them to the real real because they have good return policies. They have in-house authentication. I bought a very fancy name brand watch from them and I trusted it and it came with all the paperwork. So, but the real real is one of those places where it's a lower split. It's like going to a regular consignment store, but you get a mailing label from them and you itemize out your stuff and you ship it off to them and they do it all for you. And they will send back anything that they um, don't use uh, and decide not to sell. And 
the real real will pay you directly to your bank account sometimes i choose that option if i'm looking for the money but also they will give you a little bit more if you decide to take the store credit which is true of a lot of sites a lot of consignment stores i mean i often tell people to take the credit because Usually they give you more money, which is an incentive to then, you know, pour it back into the store. But it, it is something to think about. And the real real for anything, you know, very high end and name brand, they are they do it all in house. I, I imagine that like, you know, maybe someday the real real will invite me and maybe Sarah to tour their headquarters. But I just imagine it being like, what's that movie with Jim Carrey where Morgan Freeman is God and he's opening up the file cabinets and they just go like for miles long. I don't know, Mary. Something like that. Is that a movie? (laughs) It is. (laughs) Yes, I didn't cook it up. (laughs) Tradesy is another platform, but these all then start to be a situation where you are the salesperson. So Tradesy is one of these platforms where you are the salesperson. You upload your photos. We'll get into the nitty gritty of it. Um, and you know how to do the right glamour shots but that's one where you know I sold a lot of fancy handbags and had to answer a lot of questions then you have Grailed we will get into the world of streetwear and hype beasts and what that means but Grailed is one of the top spots for buying limited edition sneakers limited edition collaborations that trend into streetwear Supreme Palace all of those brands um which Sarah sees in Los Angeles, particularly all the hype beasts waiting patiently outside in a row near her apartment. Very true. Uh, Very true. And then Saturday then morning, have, man. Yeah. Saturday morning. Then you have Depop, which is something that's pretty European. Um, I learned about it from Chiara Faragni. I'm going to bungle her name, who is a super duper influencer. She's Italian. She has fashion lines. She is like one of the most famous women in Italy, I think. And I bought a limited edition Olympia Latan clutch, which Olympia Latan makes these unbelievable clutches shaped like books. Um, that was a collaboration with the artist Keith Haring, and I bought that directly from her closet. You can shop like a lot of influencers, a lot of European that skews a lot younger, a lot of teens. I wish I had had this stuff as a teenager. I would have never come out of my room, though I don't think I ever came out of my room anyway, but I was like busy sitting on my blow-up chair listening to NSYNC instead. It was probably a good thing. Um, And then you have my current favorite, which is Poshmark. Poshmark is the most intensive platform and the Wild West. It's my favorite because you can haggle and I love haggling and I love bidding and yelling at people on the internet over things I want. That's the highest touch and we'll, we'll get into that. But I am a very active Poshmark user. I think it is great um and you can literally get anything on there i mean the real real you can't search for like a random like swell water bottle like but poshmark just has everything in the way that ebay does but i find it a little bit easier to use as somebody who is very interested in getting a deal, but very adverse to haggling. What do I do? Yeah, I mean, most of these you can, well, well, I'll talk about subsequent and subsequent episodes. It goes down in the messages or the comments, which got me booted from um, Poshmark once. Sorry, Poshmark. Um, there are like some tricks and stuff, but like it goes down in the messages. Like you can haggle in the messages, but that's not what you're doing. The real real is just buy it 
you're not buying it from a person. You don't even see the person selling it and they send it to you. That's what you should. Um, and I always say for initial buyers, initial sellers, the real, real has by far the best return. Most of these places you absolutely, most of them are sales final. Tradesy, you can usually return for credit. But the real, real, you have to read the fine print, but you can return most of it. So minimal haggling, minimal engagement. It looks like a regular luxury luxury site. So let's switch back to IRL stores. Uh, in the first episode, I talked about understanding the season, understanding how many numbers of items you're selling, what their policies are. As I said before, though, when someone's looking through your stuff, you don't have to stand there and it has nothing to do with you. They're making a business decision uh, and it does not reflect on anything you've bought or put on your body. Um, As I said, make friends with some of the buyers. Uh, I have, because I like am the, you know, pretty and pink ducky version of every consignment store. I just like hang out at the front. (laughs) I like, I I am ducky. Also, what a fashion icon. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, make friends with those people. Tell them the brands you like. Tell them what you're selling. Sometimes they'll tell you to come back at a certain time or they'll say, you should always sell with me. I will take all your stuff. I mean, build some relationships. Uh, And, okay, so how do you go about finding these IRL consignment stores? I love Yelp for consignment, vintage, and resale. Every time I go to a place, I always look on Yelp. It, It ends up I mean, you can Google too, Google around, but I find Yelp to be incredibly helpful. That has taken me to places in Austin and in Paris and and everywhere and just try somewhere nearby, like walk into whatever is closest to you, just sniff around literally or figuratively. Sometimes consignment vintage resale stores have a distinct smell and the accoutrement really matters the nicer stuff you're selling. So as I said in the previous episode, um, you know, dry cleaning matters, dust bags, boxes, receipts for some very, very high-end items. And we can get in the weeds about that with like Chanel, like people get crazy. But if you have something designer and you have the dust bag and you have the box, it's going to sell for significantly more. Like I have thrown out so many designer dust bags. Like people are on Poshmark selling dust bags, like just dust and, bags. And for anybody so, who's just real stupid like me, What's a dust bag? No, no, nobody's stupid. That was, I'm sorry. I'm so in this, in my head in this. The dust bag is that pouch that a pair of designer shoes or a designer handbag comes in. Got it. Um, I use And, it, and it's yes. meant to be used to be traveled with? I mean, no one really knows what they're for. Yeah, I mean, you can use it like if you're going to be like real fancy about it. Some people like only store all their stuff in dust bags. I like put like, you know, random dog treats in dust bags like I have like random (laughs) stuff in different I just use them as containers and it's supposed to be it like literally to stop something from collecting dust um I like to display all my best and I prefer to not hide them I'm like this is part of my art of course Um, I think I think I think yeah I've I've watched enough real housewives to know that (laughs) the nicest closets always have the shoes on display. Well, that's a whole new thing. That is a whole new like Instagram centric status. There's this woman I'm obsessed <laughs> with and I, I forget where Asia, where in Asia she lives. She has these insane closets and some like random content farm site did something on her closets and it went totally viral. But she has like 50 uh, Birkin bags and like she just sits in her closet and does photo shoots and like that's what I want for my life. Um, I, my parents told me I should always have goals. And so I guess, you know, a real housewives level closet is one of them. But that is just 
the tip of the iceberg, but you know what? Get in the water, get in there, just sell one piece at a time, walk into one consignment store, make a Trade Z account, make a Poshmark account, and lurk. Lurk around. Ask us questions, submit those questions. I want to hear them. You know, I am overflowing with this this stuff that I've been doing for two decades and I want to share it with everyone. So that's that's what it never gets old is is here for and to explain what a dust bag is. I mean, people are really green to stuff. This is my obsession. I couldn't tell you the first thing about like cookware or like home stuff or like square footage is a particular blind spot of mine. I don't know why, but like I have no I will never, ever, ever be able to understand square footage. Like just as a concept, as a number. So we all have our different blind spots. But, you know, I'm excited you're here. I hope you keep listening. You know, I hope you tell your friends. I hope you tell all your new Poshmark friends. I like want to meet Poshmark has like a conference where you can like meet all the different people and, you know, make friends with them. And it's a fun world. Some of my best friends are, are were, you know, formerly working in consignment stores or fashion freaks like me. You know, this is a community and it's and it's here for you, too. So we're happy you're here. You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. We are also ingo podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. I want to hear from you. It never gets old. It's nothing without listeners. So on ingopodcast.com, there you'll find more information on me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane, but there will also be space for you to submit questions, comments, and inquiries, as well as a call-in line if you want to leave us a short and sweet voicemail. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.